Welcome to the Tally Room Podcast. I'm Ben Rowie. Today, I'm talking about the local council elections in southwest Sydney with my guest, Eric Contos. Eric is a former editor of some of the local newspapers in the MacArthur region of southwest Sydney and now runs the local news website, Southwest Voice. Welcome, Eric. Good morning, Ben. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. So we're going to focus today on three of Sydney's local councils in the southwestern corner of Sydney, Camden, my hometown of Campbelltown, and Liverpool. But we're going to start with Camden. I've been finding Camden really interesting to think about because it's been booming in population over the last decade as new suburbs pop up in the northern parts of the council. Meanwhile, the politics of the local council have changed with both major parties inserting themselves into the local politics over the last two terms. When I was first interested in politics 15 years ago, uh, Camden was run entirely by independents and now most of the council are members of parties. Uh, Eric, what do you think are the key issues in the Camden Council election this year? Well, I think you mentioned the main one is the growth of the place, but uh, what people um, forget or don't think about is that Camden has received a lot of infrastructure funding from the state government. As soon as you mention, uh, you know, oh, well, there's too much housing growth, residential growth in Camden, people say, but what about the infrastructure money we've got from the state government? They have got heaps of roads for a lot of infrastructure, community infrastructure, parks, you know, all those sort of things. So, so the politics of that is that people don't really have a reason to change. That's why I think... I don't think anything major will happen, you know, during the election. And, uh, I mean, you know, uh, the only thing Labor would have on his, uh, you know, as an argument is the it's time thing because the Liberals have been in there for a, lot, for a long time now. Had the mayoralty with Lara Simkowiak before uh, the car and one Theresa Fideli. Uh, but I just can't see it. I, I, I see Camden as uh, status quo after December 4, Ben, um, that might be, you know, you might get a somebody getting elected, an independent has got a bit of promise, potential, you know, representing maybe the new residents uh, up up in the north, the, the, the bits you're talking about, you know, north of Cobbity and in Oran Park and Gregory Hills. But other than that, I, I really don't see much, much change in Camden in the, you know, the new council. So there's nine councillors. There's four Liberals, three Labor, and then there's two Indies. So one of the independents, Eva Campbell, who's been on the council for a long time, uh, is a sort of, I guess you describe her as a left-leaning independent. Robert Mills is the other one, which I find an interesting character. He got elected for the first time at the last election on the number two on someone else's ticket and got enough below-the-line votes to get elected, local butcher, I think. Um and so he's kind of sided with the Liberals and kind of maintained their majority. Um, and, yeah, I'm, status quo seems quite likely, but you've got these three wards. The North Ward currently has two Liberals and one Labor, and that's the ward where all the population growth has happened. If Labor could flip that seat, that would change the balance of the council. Yeah, I had a call from Camden Labor last week. I won't name the uh, the person, but um, I put in a little snippet in my my gossipy political column called MacArthur Chatter, and I mentioned how in Camden Labor could have been up for, you know, to, to get the majority, except they're too busy fighting among themselves, which they, you know, they had been, especially on how the ticket was going to be set up and who was going to be, you know, top of the ticket and that sort of thing, without going into too much detail for your listeners. 
But uh, and I got a call straight away saying, "Eric, come on, give us a fair go, type of thing." With Robert Mills, I mean, he's a, he's an interesting character, the butcher of Mount Eden. Uh, he's got very good meat, by the way. I give him a free plug. I go there to get some good ribeyes from time to time. Uh, but uh, he's look, he's yeah. It was a bit disappointing that he didn't really consider voting things on their merits instead of. Basically, just joined the Liberal Party, just, uh, you know, hasn't filled in the form, but it, in effect is is with the Liberals. Uh, Eva Campbell is on the left. You say she probably will run again, I hear. Uh, look, the, and the only other person that might run have a bit of a chance at getting elected up where you're talking about, the North and that, is uh, Andrew Simpson, who ran for the state seat back in 2019. And, you know, a couple of independents like him might, Maybe running together might have an impact. But, uh, look, I can't see Labor getting getting more than three, mate. Well, one thing I find interesting about that, the northern area where all that growth is happening, because the growth isn't happening uniformly, it's concentrated, is that a lot of new people move into an area, but those sorts of people aren't the kinds of people who run for election, who get involved in politics. You know, I think a lot of people who are new to the area probably will just cast the vote and observe how things go for a few years you know i don't think you'll see that change right away um but there's going to be broader effects on it you know there's a new state electorate called leppington when the federal electorates get redrawn they're going to have to redraw them around here there's so many new people moving into this area that uh that's going to change the the map um but uh, you were saying something before we started recording, Eric, about the kinds of people who are moving to that area. Yeah, yeah, aspirational type of people. And Camden people, basically, Camden's always been aspirational from the days of, you know, John MacArthur. Uh, go back a couple of hundred years ago. Um, it's, a, it's a really uh, unique place, Camden, and very different from Campbelldown, demographically speaking. Um but uh, Campbelldown's sort of catching up a little bit, but uh, is always going to stay ahead. So, look, I just, uh, you know, I've just, I've had a sort of, I've been keeping an eye on Camden, but to see if there's any signs for change, and I just don't see them. The, as I said, the only the area I would see is where you're talking about because they're the only places where the community infrastructure is still lagging a little bit behind. People have moved in. And, and everything else is coming in after them. So, you know, the parks are coming after them and all those sort of things, uh, council facilities. They might have some reason for for being interested in the council election and finding somebody to vote for who will get them those types of things quicker. That's the only thing. But Camden Council is trying really hard to get it all up. They've got the money for it. They just can't build it all tomorrow. Rome wasn't built in a day, as we know, Ben. Moving on now to my hometown of Campbelltown. This city lies immediately to the east of Camden. It's a lot more established and stable with much slower population growth. The council has always had a strong tilt towards Labor, although an alliance of Liberals and Independents did run the council after the 2012 election. Um, The council has 15 members and no wards, so it tends to produce very proportional results. And there's always been a big block of independents on the council. Uh, In 2016, Labor won seven out of the 15 seats on the council. And there was at least three other councillors they could work with to, to form a stable majority. But one of those councillors, Fred Borg, passed away shortly after the election and Labor won the subsequent by-election. And that's given them a majority on the council for the last four years or so. 
Eric, is there much of a mood for change from the current Labor regime in Campbelltown? Yeah, look, I I think so. I think that there's a there's a little bit of uh, something stirring there. There's um, you know, with with Labor, and just to, to touch on your the one ward which you mentioned, that does favour Labor. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, if you had four wards in Campbelltown, the vote would be diluted, and they wouldn't they wouldn't get uh, anywhere near the majority. But that's that's one of the reasons they've got a you know very close to majority every year. But I look, there's some good candidates running so far. We, of course, uh, nominations open today, as you know, Ben. Uh, so we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. You know. Who is and who's not standing? But I'm about to do a, story, a new a story on uh, Anne Parnham, a very very popular local businesswoman. She'll be running, and I think she'll get elected. Uh, she's a very very well known Chamber of Commerce president for a few years, not too long ago. Uh, and the Community First uh, group party, I think it's it's called a party, but it's actually just a group community group. Uh, Councillor Paul Lake, he's retiring, but he's got a young fellow taking it over called Josh Cotter. He's a really go-ahead young man. He's about early 30s, and he'll also do well. The Liberals have started stirring finally. They've got their uh, ticket done, and they've got some youth and, you know, uh, younger people in there and uh, some females. So uh, all of a sudden it looks as though They'll, they'll go okay as well. So it, lay, it means Labor won't get eight. They'll, they'll drop to six. They might get seven, but, I, you know, time will tell. But So there will be a little bit of a change because it means that they probably won't have the mayoralty, which is all where all the power is, as you know, Ben. I was going to ask, because Labor has usually been the what you might call a minority government on Campbelltown. They, they have the mayoralty. They get stuff done, but they don't have a majority in their own right. But one of the things that's changed in the last four years, and you were talking about this before we started recording, was that uh, Labor has had a majority in their own right on the council since uh, the by-election in 2017, and that has changed the way they work in a way that sort of has closed down the council quite a bit. It's quite remarkable. I've never seen that, and I think that's going to be a big issue in the election. And the two words uh, that we're going to mention a little bit here is um, transparency and accountability. Uh, there hasn't been much in the last five years, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of secrecy with a lot of the big decisions. Uh, the, I don't know if you've heard about the Billabong, they're building up in Bradbury Park uh, as part of the uh, city deal money that the state government and federal government gave councils, a livability fund, I think it's called. Uh, so it was basically just uh, that and a couple of other decisions just uh, brought to the council and, you know, there was no detail. Uh, there was a couple of other issues uh, as well. One was uh, given a half a million grand to the new uh, sports club, the football club. MacArthur FC pulls a half a million grand every year for five years and no questions asked. There was a lot of angst about that from the councillors, including the, the Labor councillors. And uh, so the, there was a lot of uh, a lot of decisions where people were saying, "Yeah, this is just not good enough." But and people started to give it up. I think you mentioned earlier, you know, you can still ask questions, you know, even if you haven't got the majority. But you know, I got to ask councillors, why? Why aren't you asking questions? Why aren't you putting up a contrary notice of motion? And they would say to me over the last few years, "Well, what's the point? I've got the majority." And, uh, you know, and they voted as a block on everything. So 
Yeah, so I, yeah, I think I think I can see there's a lot of community groups too who are affected by some decisions. There's a there's a group, for instance, just quickly been up in Macquarie Fields who are living uh, next door to a, a bat colony, you know, and uh, there's about seventeen thousand bats just under the houses in a creek, and and without going too much detail, they they believe the council could do more for them, and they and they they are going to be voting. So will uh, a few uh, local clubs, sporting clubs, whose fields might be taken away, turn into a car park at Bradbury for the billabong so they can open up restaurants there and cafes to go with the billabong. So there's, a, there's quite a few community issues brewing and uh, and I think that will impact the vote. Um, look, Labor's not going to go away. They'll, they'll get a, you know, they'll get a six, maybe even seven. But they won't get the majority this time round, and that, and uh, I think the the libs will go well. They might they might go back to three or four, uh, and so yeah, it's going to be re- really interesting in your old town, uh, Ben, uh, and that's where I think the action will be in the, in the election. It will be very interesting in those situations because the Liberals have never come close to having as many seats on council as Labor. But that twenty twelve council, when Labor was particularly weak. You know, the election was just after the state election where Labor had gotten swept out. And uh, what do you know, The there was enough crossbench members that Liberal Democrats and Independents, there wasn't any Greens on the council, uh, that they were able to kind of put together a conservative majority that was able to govern. Like the Liberals were a relatively small part of that, but they were the biggest group. It's a big challenge for them in this area, though, because Labor is always going to be the biggest party. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a bit of uh, a precedent here. Liberals did win the seat in 2011. You mentioned that, and uh, which was a bit of a shock. And uh, it was such a shock that the the new premier at the time, Barry O'Farrell, the first thing he did the next day, he came out to Campbelltown, if you remember, and actually announced that he had abolished the entry fee to the Mount Anne Botanic Garden. Uh, so, uh, look... Uh, the world is changing, as you know, Ben, including in Campbelltown is not immune from it, mate. Uh, you know, I think that's another place where more and more aspirational people are, are living and coming to live. And um, so, yeah, I, I expect some changes uh, in Campbelltown. And then finally, let's talk about Liverpool. Liverpool has history as a Labour town and Labour currently holds the mayoralty, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in power in the council. Labor holds four council seats on the council in addition to their mayor, Wendy Waller, who's retiring. And the Liberal Party also holds holds four while there's two independents. So those independents effectively are in the balance of power and can choose which major party they work with. Eric, what do you think is likely to happen in Liverpool this year? Well, actually, the uh, probably the most interesting thing would be, to me anyway, would be the mayor election. Uh, because I don't know if you've heard, but the former mayor, uh, Ned Manoon, has been endorsed by the Liberals as their candidate. I uh, I found out last week. I'm pretty shocked. I didn't think that he would ever come back. I don't know how much you know about Ned. Uh, I, I used to call him the Ned Kelly of uh, Liverpool politics. Uh, a fine young man, but he was to me he was a little bit uh, wet behind the ears and very mature. And he should never, have, you know, been put in that position to be mayor in between 2012 and 2016 bit of a disaster in my opinion and but he's back and you've got obviously Nathan Hager is running for Labor taking over from Wendy I think he he will probably win uh he's he's uh 
very capable. I don't know if you know much about Nathan. He's of the ilk of, you know, there's some good people come out of Liverpool like Craig Knowles, Mark Latham, very talented people. He's of that ilk. And I, I can see him getting elected and, and actually making a big impact in Liverpool. Um, the, the other candidate is Peter Halford. You mentioned the uh, Community Independence Group. Uh, he's, uh, he's a lovely old fella, he's, um, and, uh, but I can't see him getting elected. As far as uh, the election itself, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that uh, that's going to be a bit closer because Liverpool is like Campbelltown. It's slowly becoming demographically more aspirational. So that, that, that will have a little bit of an impact there. So, so that's how I see it going. Uh, the balance of power probably will stay with Peter Hull and uh, Caress Rhodes, I think the councillor's name is. So there's a directly elected mayor, so the mayoralty isn't decided by the council, but the mayor only has so much power, right? So those independents, I get the impression that they're a bit, little bit more likely to, well, at least in the last term, they've been a little bit more likely to side with the Liberals than Labor. So even though Labor has a mayor, uh, they don't necessarily have not even a, a one-party majority, but they don't necessarily have a working majority on the council. Quite true. Yeah, there hasn't been one since uh, the council returned. You know, they had an administrator between 2004 and 2008. And uh, so Wendy Waller was elected in 2008 then Ned Maroon in 2012. And then obviously uh, Wendy Waller in 2016 again. And But yeah, no, neither party has had a, a, their own majority or working majority. So that would be interesting. I get the feeling they're not even... They're not too worried about it because it just it does seem to work in Liverpool for you know for them they're having the the setup they've got. So, uh, but I'm sure Labor all the Libs would love to get a majority because that would make things easier. But that's not good for democracy, in my opinion, Ben. I think it's better to have a bit of a minority type of government, mate, and uh, get them to work a bit harder to get things done properly. So Liverpool has, in terms of its wards, they have two wards of five. So it's uh, a bit more proportional than Camden, which has three member wards, but not quite as much as Campbelltown. Uh, and so that does mean each major party at the moment gets their two elected. But if one of them got to three and then also got the mayor, that would well, that would be that would be five out of ten. So that would be enough with the mayor's casting vote. But um. So it's not that far away from it happening. Like it could happen if Labor has a good election and they pick up a seat. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems to me more likely that you will have Indy still in the balance of power. I'm interested to in see how uh, Ned Benoon will go, but I said I don't think. I think people haven't forgotten um, his four years, which was full of turmoil. Mate, personally, I, I gave up covering council for a while. It was. And, and my line for that was people used to ask me, and I said, I need 10 reporters to cover, you know, what's going on in Liverpool Council. It was that bad, but I'm back into it now. It, was, it wasn't good. It was basically, I don't know if you remember, just we, we don't want to go into it, but it was a, a, an in-party in fight between two Liberal Party people, Peter Ristepsky and uh, Ned Moon. It was a power battle in the brands. And I hear Ristepsky was thinking about yeah. it, but he, he won't be running this time, so he's going to be putting support behind other people, I think. Are there any particular policy issues in Liverpool that are going to be in play? Look, at uh, Liverpool, as you know, has uh, got the, the new airport in its backyard. 
uh, is getting infrastructure spending. Elizabeth Drive's getting done up. A new road uh, been built to the airport as well. It's, uh, but it, I think it's the congestion. And it's a perennial one, Ben. Uh, and that, sorry, we didn't mention that about just quickly, Campbelltown congestion and traffic are just a growing problems. And Liverpool's worse than Campbelltown. That's, you know, uh, everyone knows. If, once you go, you go into the central business district of Liverpool, that's fine. You spend ages trying to find parking. Um, and you can't get it, then you can't leave because it's like you're, you're blocked in and, you know, you've got to get out. There's only Hume Highway, Terminus Street. Um, and very, very hard to get out. Uh, so, yeah, that's that issue. And I think they've been looking at that for a while, looking at ring rows and that sort of thing, but I haven't found a solution yet. And uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the main issue. I think it's just the usual growth. You know, western suburb, southwestern suburb issues, mate, uh, you know, growing pains type of thing, you know. Uh, they need some infrastructure yeah. for some decent, uh, yeah, uh, roads, transport, uh, that sort of thing. So that's about it for this episode of the Tally Room podcast. Thank you, Eric, for joining me. Thanks for having me. You can read more of Eric's work at southwestvoice.com.au. It's a great local independent website covering those areas. So if you live in the area or are interested in what's going on in those council areas, uh, check it out. I'll be doing other podcasts covering other local councils with local experts. The next one up will be Northern Beaches, and then I'll be doing the Inner West in the city of Sydney, and we'll be doing those over the next couple of weeks. You can go to tallyroom.com.au to see my guides to Camden, Campbelltown, and Liverpool council elections as well, so check them out, and I'll be covering the results on election night. You can find this podcast on your podcast app of choice. If you like the show, please consider rating or reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow The Tally Room on Twitter at The Tally Room or like us on Facebook. This podcast is made possible thanks to the generous support of our donors on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com slash tallyroom. Information about this podcast is available at tallyroom.com.au and you can email questions or feedback to thetallyroom at gmail.com. Thanks to Chris Bro for writing the music you hear in this episode. Once again, thanks for listening.